This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Come on, let's give Jesus the biggest clap offering ever. Oh, no, you can do better than that. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lift your voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, you are shouting for Jesus. He alone is worthy. He deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am so happy to see you here this morning. And uh, tell your neighbor on the other side and say, get ready. Something's about to happen to you. If you agree with that, give the Lord another big clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. God bless you. I want to say thank you to Apostle Theo for having us uh, here in this church. Um, 30 years ago, I was ordained as pastor, and uh, it took 30 years for me to get here. And uh, God is faithful and true. Can I get an amen? If you have a dream, don't give up on your dream. If you have a vision, don't give up on your vision. Come on, you're not hearing me. If you have a dream, hold on to that. It will come to pass. And God will open up those doors for you and God will use you, uh, uh, you know, when the time is right, when the time is ready. My name is Dion Hockey, as you all know, and our ministry is called Healing Ministries International. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube and all those places. Just type in Dion Hockey um, when you go onto Facebook and uh, like our page and follow us uh, if you'd like to do that. But I want to introduce to you my pretty wife to, uh, today, Shemaine. And she's been with me now for 34 years, but we've been together over 40 years. So, Shemaine, why don't you stand up? It's love to welcome my pretty wife. And she's been serving the Lord with me from day one. Hallelujah. When I got saved, she got saved on the same day at the same salvation prayer. And so I just honor my wife, and I thank God for my wife. And then I have uh, three of my children here, uh, two of my sons. I have three sons. My other son is preaching for me this morning in Malmesbury in Cape. And so I flew down from Cape Town yesterday, and they're starting a conference there. And um, so he's not here, but uh, Jock and Michael and Jock's wife, Shannon, is here. Why don't you stand up? We'd love to welcome you as well. Amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? I will serve the Lord. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to say my children are here supporting me as much as they can. And they all, all of them are in the ministry. They can all get up here and just preach a message and I tell you what, the fire will fall. But uh, we are so glad to be here. I feel honored. Thank you, Dr. Johnny, for having us this morning. It's just such a privilege. And for all the pastors and all the people that are here, um, it feels nice to be home again after 30 years to see what the Lord is about to do. I was asked to share my testimony. If you'll open your Bible in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says very clearly, and they overcame him, and that him is the devil. Amen. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Just a quick question, by the way. Do you have a new fresh testimony? Because if you don't have a testimony, you need to put a question mark behind it and say, why don't I have a fresh testimony? 
you know, not a testimony of what happened, you know, a long time ago. Each and every one of us should have a fresh testimony of what the Lord has done for us in the last week. Who would agree with what I just said? Because a testimony, number one, brings glory to God. And number two, testimony means he'll do it again. God will do it again. So if, you, if he's done something for you and you testify about it, he will do it again. So I've, I've had the privilege to share my testimony around the world. And this morning I would like to uh, share it with you um, as quickly as I possibly can and just throw in what the Lord wants me to say. Just another verse, John chapter 14 verse 12. And uh, this is such a powerful verse. And I know you know it, but I would like to remind you. John 14 12 says this. Jesus is speaking. Turn to your neighbor quickly and say, Jesus is going to speak to you now. Who agrees? Come on, Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus spoke to his disciples back then, he's speaking to you and I this morning. And he says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Can I see any hands? Who believes in him? He who believes in me, the works that I do, not did, because he's still alive. Come on, he's still alive, bless the Lord. The works that I do, he will do also. Who's the he? The one who believes. If you believe, you will do the same works. And, somebody say and. Now this is where your brain will tilt, because it says, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do greater works than Jesus. Now, I bet you they frowned at you when they said that. Say, I can't do greater works. Well, don't get mad at me. Jesus said it. Would anybody agree? Jesus said it. Either you believe it or you don't. I believe it. And uh, that's why I'm standing here this morning to share this. And uh, good morning again to everybody. Uh, thank you for coming to listen. And, uh, you know, happy Happy Pentecost. Amen. What a great day we're celebrating around the world. And may the Lord fill people this morning with the Holy Ghost and save lives and change lives in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that as we are gathered here in the mighty name of Jesus, your very presence is here. Thank you for the awesome worship that we had and the privilege to sing to you and to lift our hands and bow before you, Lord. You alone deserve all the glory and the honor and the praise. And Father, as I share my testimony, may you be exalted, may you be glorified in everything that I say and do. And Lord, may all the focus and the attention be on you and you alone in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. So I grew up in Hillbrow, Johannesburg. And for all the old Joburgers that are here um, will remember, you know, I was a Joburg jawler. <laughs> And um, I did not grow up in a house with God. We did not have, my parents didn't serve the Lord. We didn't pray. We didn't read the Bible. We didn't go to church. I knew nothing about Jesus. Nothing. Zero. Um, I, I, you know, I knew about there is a God and he's there and I'm here and that's a good relationship. We don't bother each other. <laughs> And, you know, we just leave each other alone. But uh, my parents didn't serve God or, or go to a church. And, and so I grew up really in a rough neighborhood. And uh, we were part of, of the gangs that was fighting in Hillbrow. And I was the mascot for the Portuguese gang. And we saw things that happened that I don't even want to speak about because I'm a new creature in Christ. Bless the Lord. 
And many times when people share their testimony, they focus more on who they were than who they are. And so I rather just speak about who I am right now. But I can tell you that we saw things happen, people being stabbed, people being burned with petrol, being people being dragged over the tar road and stuff like that. But I'm at the age of 25, skipping a lot of uh, years, at the age of 25, I was a full-on alcoholic. I drank two bottles of brandy a day. I smoked 40 cigarettes a day. I literally was in the Navy in Saldana and uh, uh, Simons Bay, I, I, I was then. I, I fought and I swore and I drank. And, uh, you know, uh, I, everything was just, uh, I, let's say this, I was a good sinner. Now look at your neighbor and just do that because you used to be a good sinner too once upon a time. Amen. You don't look so holy. And so um, I, 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 be, I became very sick in my body and I broke out in big sores all over my body and, and um, I would itch and I would scratch. And the, I went to the best skin specialist in, uh, in Pretoria and this doctor told me, he said to me, brother, there's nothing that we can do for you. Um, we know of the sickness. This sickness isn't an instantaneous, um, you know, healing that will take place. It's going to take about four to five years for this thing to work out of your body. It was horrible. And so he gave me a, a big, um, like a bucket of ointment that I had to put on my skin. And it's not like a hand cream that would penetrate your skin. It just formed a layer over your skin. Can anybody picture that? So if you put your clothes on, um, your clothes were stuck to your body. And it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, you know, I would drink more and I would get drunk. And, and then uh, it was, you know, you wake up the next morning because you got drunk and you forgot about the skin problem. But when you wake up, then you're still itching and now you've got a headache on top of that. You didn't catch that. So, Shemaine's mom got saved, and she used to be a nice lady, you know, before she got saved, and then she got weird. <laughs> Anybody know what I mean? Yeah, I grew up on Elvis Presley and rock and roll, and, you know, we would go and visit, um, uh, you know, the in-laws, and we would have a braai, and we would drink, and we would dance and have a party, you know, and, and then one day we went over... And uh, I, I, you know, I had a couple too many, and I said to Shemaine's mom, come on, come and dance with me. And she said to me, no, I don't dance anymore. And I looked at her, and I said, why not? She said, because I'm saved. I said, from what? <laughs> she said, I'm saved from going to hell. I said, oh. And she said, and you better get saved because you're going to hell. And that was offensive to me. You know, I only stabbed people with a knife, and I drank and beat people's faces in with bricks and stuff. And, you know, I'm not a bad guy. You know, I didn't do so many bad things in my life. Does anybody know those old sinner arguments? Come on, have you ever met those people? And I said, I'm not such a bad person. She said to me, Dion, you're going to die and go to hell. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Anyway, when I became so sick in my body, she came to me and she said to me, there's a man coming to church to pray for sick people. Why don't you come and give Jesus an opportunity to heal you? And I said, what do you mean heal? God doesn't touch and love us. He kills us. That was my impression about God. God sits up in heaven on his throne. He looks down to the earth. And when he sees bad people, he takes a lightning bolt and kills them. 
You know, that was my impression. Because, uh, you know, the good old argument that a lot of people have is, is uh, you know, why does God kill babies? And why does God allow wars? Does anybody understand that? People have such a perverse, wrong impression about who God is. And that was me. But anyway, I learned, and for the young men that are here this morning, uh, you know, guys, listen, if you're going to get married, let me give you some good advice, some marriage counseling. Don't try to argue against your wife and your mother-in-law. You're going to lose that argument. <laughs> they said to me, come to church. And so, you know, instead of getting in an argument that morning, I got up, and we were living in Hraskop. And uh, I, I put on my suit. I still had my wedding suit. And, and I put on my suit and put my packet of smokes in my pocket, Texan planes. Anybody know Texan planes? You smoke that thing, you can jumpstart a, a jumbo jet, man, you know. <laughs> I used to smoke that. And uh, we got into the car and we drove from Hraskop to White River. Now, on a good day, you can do it within, uh, you know, an hour or 45 minutes. And uh, on a bad day, you can drive an hour and, and, and uh, 30 minutes because of the, the mountains, the passes, and the clouds and stuff. So anyway, Shemaine's mom was sitting in the back of the car, and I'm driving away. And Shemaine's mom kind of like, very politely says to me, Dion, I just want to warn you that when you get to this church, it's not your regular kind of church. I said, oh, what do you mean? She said, well, these people tend to get happy. I said, oh, you talk about the happy clappies. Is there any happy clappies here today? Come on. Hallelujah. And I said, no, that's okay, mom. I can handle it, you know. And uh, Shemaine, uh, who was sitting next to me, uh, she grew up uh, a little bit more with a Christian background than I had. I had nothing, zero, no Christian background. And um, I only heard about Jesus when I was 25 years old. For the very first time, I heard about Jesus. And so she said to me, when we turned into the churchyard, she said to me, Dion, there's going to come a time in this church service when people are going to speak in a funny language. I said, what do you mean a funny language? She said, oh, you won't understand it, but it's okay. They'll speak English again. And I said, yeah, it must be the devil. It's amazing. You know, you can be the greatest sinner, and immediately that religious demon just jumps on you. And so uh, I said, okay, that's fine. Now, you've got to understand, I was a fighter. I grew up rough, you know. Uh, my mom and dad taught me, you're a cowboy. Men don't cry. Men don't show emotion. Anybody know what I'm talking about? For the older generation, yeah. I mean, you're a man, okay? And you never cry. And you never show emotion. And I remember that there was a guy standing at the door because there were so many people. People were running towards the church, you know. At, at 9 o'clock, people were running to get in. I'm trying to run away. But they, they run into the church, and when I got to the door, there was this guy, and he shook my hand, and he pulled me in, and he hugged me. And when he hugged me, I shoved him away and said, no, 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 no. I'm not that type, okay? No huggy. No huggy business. And so he brought me into the, into the you know, he helped me into the church. It felt like he pulled me in. And uh, then Charmaine's mom got me by the hand, and she walked from the back of the church all the way down to the second row up front. I don't know if you understand that. Sinners do not want to sit in the front of the church. They love the back. Hallelujah. Hello back there, all the sinners. <laughs> they want to be close to the door and make a run for it when things get rough. But uh, my mom had me right up in front, second row, and it was horrible. Horrible. Felt like everybody was looking at me. And then the, I looked on the platform, you know, in that church, and, and there was drums and keyboards, and I thought, this cannot be church. 
And there was a door on the platform, and the worship team came out. And as they came out, there was this tall guy, long black hair, ponytail, jeans, and, and tackies, you know. And he got up behind the electric guitar, and boing, and he begins to play in the drums. And like one man, 400 people begin to jump and clap hands. And I'm looking at this, and I said, they mad, they mad. All these people are mad. There were women running around with flags. Anybody know those flag people? And, and I said, oh, my gosh, where am I? I'm in the madhouse. And they were singing, and 400 people were shouting and screaming. And it was, I, I've never been there. I've never seen that. But I knew something was there. Who understands that? It, we know now it's the presence of God, but I didn't know that. So anyway, a man by the name of Peter Pretorius comes out to preach. Peter Pretorius of Jesus is alive ministries. He comes out to preach. Now, before that, I remember this. I just want to say this, that people were clapping and dancing and everything, and they went from the fast music to the slow music. I couldn't handle the slow music. That was just horrible because they sang a song that went like this. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And so as they're singing, 400 people flat on the floor, on their knees, worshiping. Tears running down their faces. Listen, I'm not lying. 400 people, young, old, children on the floor worshiping. And I'm standing and I'm looking at this. I'm saying, but they, they got something I don't know. And, and you know, I'm, I'm this fighter guy, this alcoholic drinker guy. And they're singing the song, oh, the blood of, and this is me. Oh, the blood of, I begin to cry. I just begin to cry. And I'm thinking, what's the matter with you? Why are you crying? I felt so horrible. I just wish these people would stop singing. Eventually, I went on the ground also, but to hide from the people. I don't want them to see I'm crying. And then behind me, a man stood up, a guy with black hair and the fullest black beard. I'll never forget it. He got up and he began to worship like this. And I looked, I said, wow, what's that? And my first thought, my first thought was this. I want what he's got. You see, the Bible says the tongues is a sign for the unbeliever. And how many churches has removed that sign that they don't sing and worship in the spirit anymore? Peter Pretorius came up to preach. He was just this big, you know, I kind of sized him up, said, ah, that's easy. I can handle him. And uh, he begins to preach about a man called Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. And he preaches how Jesus went to the cross, how Jesus was beaten, ripped apart with a cat of nine tails. You know, how they whipped him and then how they nailed him to that cross. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening. It's the first time, you have to believe me, it's the first time ever I heard the story of Jesus. And I, I was sitting there and I was listening to this man. And I thank God, you know, he was a loud preacher. How many of you know you get loud preachers and soft preachers? All right, you get the volume three preacher. I think I'm a volume three preacher. Then you get a volume 10 preacher, amen. But uh, he was a volume 17, bless God. The first three rows got anointing for free, spit flying everywhere. Praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> and I was glad that he was a loud preacher because it kept my attention. And so he was preaching and preaching. And, and uh, I, you know, I said in my mind, I'm thinking, why did Jesus die on the cross for me like that? And he looked at me and he said, because he loves you. And I, have you ever been in church feels like the preacher's preaching at you? And everything I would think, he would look at me and say that. Long story short, he made an altar call, and it was 11 o'clock 
Sunday morning on the 23rd of September 1990 that I and my wife raised our hands and we gave our hearts to Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless the Lord for that. He then said this, not only can Jesus save you, but he heals you. And he said this, everybody who's sick, come to the front. I want to pray for you that God can heal you. Now, I wasn't going to go to the front. That's a scary place. But Shemaine's mom kind of, you know, kicked me out and made me stand right here in the middle of the church. And uh, there were about 300 sick people that were standing there. I was shocked. So many sick people in church. And I watched him. Peter Pretorius went this way and he began to pray and he laid hands on a woman. Never forget it. Please understand, never been in a church, never seen anything like this. But he laid his hands. He wasn't a big guy, small guy. He laid his hands on this woman and he was some, because the worship team was now singing and his mic was off. But he was praying, praying. And then I heard, from there I heard him, in the name of Jesus. And that woman falls over. I thought, yo, yo. You know, my father taught me, men don't hit women. And there she was, lights out on the floor. I couldn't believe it. There was a very tall man next to her, big guy, bigger than me. And I'm thinking to myself, how is he going to drop that big guy? And he puts his hand, in the name of Jesus, building shakes. You know, this guy said, wow, we got a fight on our hands today. This guy's not going to push me over. Anybody know that feeling? And so he came close and close to Sai. Obviously, I recognized, listen, he's not pushing people. I could see that. So I came to the conclusion, it must be God. But I was panicky because I'm thinking, if these are Christians and God's hitting them like that, what's he going to do to me? He's going to kill me. I was petrified. So as he came closer, three people from me, I put my foot down. I said, come on, buddy. You and me, church or not? (laughs) So he comes up and uh, he looks at me and he says to me, didn't you give your heart to Jesus? I said, "Mm mm-hmm. He said, what can I pray for? I said, well, my mother said I must stand here. (laughs) And my mother said I must stand here. And um, I I showed him my skin condition. I said, I have the skin condition. Doctors can't help me. I said, I smoke, I drink, I swear, everything. Pray one prayer, but don't push me. So he just smiled, you know, and he said to me, no, man, just relax. Give me your hands. I said, no, 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 we don't hold hands. Close your eyes. I kept one open, the other one shut. I was, I was making sure no sucker punches coming. And I'm serious when I stand here today and I tell you that he put his hand and he began to pray. And I don't hear nothing. I'm just standing there. I'm waiting. Pain, pain, pain. God's going to hit me. God. And then he says, amen. Amen. What do you mean, amen? Everybody's on the floor. Why am I not on the floor? Doesn't God love me? He said to me, go home. You're healed. And I was still itching. I said, oh, okay. Well, you know, we've been four hours in church now. And I don't know if you're a smoker and you've been in a place where you can't smoke for four hours. Your lungs start flapping. You need a cigarette. Don't worry, guys. I still got three hours to go, so you're all right. I went, you know, after four hours, I took my jacket. I said to Shemaine and my mom, let's go home. And I got out of the church, and I know it's going to sound crazy, but when I walked out, I knew that I knew something had happened with me. 
Anybody understand the born-again experience? If you truly, truly, truly meet Jesus, you cannot be the same. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old man has gone and the new man has come. You cannot, you cannot be the same person. So uh, we went out and I, you know, the habit, the habit of smoking, I put my hand in my pocket, pulled the smokes out, and Shemaine stood on the other side of the car, and she looked at me, and I said, don't worry, honey, I'll never smoke again. I crushed the packet through the way, never touched the cigarette from that day until today. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We went home, and I took all the booze. You've got to understand, I was a businessman back then, and I took all the booze that I had, and I said to Shemaine, help me. We walked to the toilet, and I opened every bottle of alcohol, and I flushed it down the toilet, and I never drank a drop again in my life. Come on. The Lord delivered me from alcoholism. Then I went to the shower because I had all this, you know, this cream stuff upon my body. And in the shower, I heard that song again, Oh, the blood of G. And I begin to weep, and I weep in the shower. And as I got out of the shower, I looked, and my body was completely clean. I had no, no disease, no sickness, no nothing. Jesus healed me. Somebody give the Lord a big praise offering. He delivered me. He healed me. He set me free. So now I phone my mom, you know, she was the weird lady, now she's my hero, and I phone her up and say, Ma, Ma, guess what? She says, what? I said, I'm healed, I'm healed, Jesus healed me. She said, oh, that's wonderful. I said, Ma, do you remember in church, those people were speaking in that funny language? She said, yes, we call it speaking in tongues. I said, whatever, how do I get that? She said, um, well, you got to go into your bedroom. Now, remember, she's just recently saved, so she doesn't really know. But she said to me, go into your bedroom, go on your knees and pray and speak to God and ask God to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I said, oh, okay. And then she says, then open your mouth and wait for him to give you the words to speak. I said, okay, cool. So I went into my bedroom. I said to Shemaine, this was about 3 o'clock, 4, 3, 4 o'clock the afternoon. I said to Shemaine, I'm going to go and pray. I've never prayed before. I don't know how to pray, but I'm going to do this thing. So I went into the room, the spare bedroom, closed the door behind me, and I went and I knelt by the bed. And I did this. I said, uh, hello, are you here? Are you here? I was so scared. You know, it felt like guy. I was in the school principal's office or something. I said, I said, God, I don't know how to pray. I said, you just, you healed me this morning, and I, I don't even know what happened to me completely. I just feel so good. I said, but mom said I must ask you for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I said, please give me the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now I know some of you would say I'm lying and I'm joking, but I sat there for four hours, my mouth open. Ah, I was just waiting. <laughs> nothing happened, nothing. In actual fact, I fell asleep on my, you know, on my knees, but I fell asleep leaning forward. I woke up with a very, very, very bright light that came into my room. It was now in the evening time, and this light came into my bedroom, and I felt this very strong presence behind me. It wasn't fluorescent lights. It wasn't the afternoon sun that came. It was a light that is very bright. Now, whether you would believe me or not believe me, it's okay. I don't care. But when I turned around, Jesus stood behind me in my bedroom with his arms like this. And he smiled and he looked at me and he said, come, follow me. That's all he said. He said, come, follow me. He didn't give me this big, you know, you're going to do this and that. All he said was, come, follow me. And the next minute, I begin to speak in tongues. 
uncontrollably, just spoke in tongues. You know, the Bible says streams of living water will bubble up from in you. And I spoke in tongues. Monday, I couldn't speak in English, spoke in tongues. Tuesday, couldn't speak in English, spoke in tongues. Wednesday, spoke in tongues. Anybody understand? I was baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost. When people would come and see me, they would greet me, good morning, how are you? And I'd say, kia supra, They said, do you speak English? I said, I couldn't speak another language except my heavenly language. Then I was laughing, then I was crying, you know, then I was shaking. I don't know what was going on. By three days now, speaking solidly in tongues, a man comes walking into my shop. A black man comes walking into my shop, and as he walks in, I find myself, you know, drawn to him like a magnet. I walk up to him, and I grab him by the arm, and I say, do you know Jesus? And he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, yes, I do. I said, really? Oh, can you tell me what's happening to me, please? I don't know what's going. And the Lord sent a pastor from the Assembly of God Church, spiritual, tongue-talking man of God, to come and teach me, who became my spiritual father for the first time. Hallelujah. And he began to tell me about Jesus and what had happened to me. In actual fact, he was so excited. He said, tonight we have a little gathering. Why don't you come over and tell people your testimony? Well, that was a big deal. Because I said to him, where? He said, no, it's on the other side of Pilgrim's Rest, in the, you know, back in the mountains. There's a village there, and I want you to come and share your testimony. I said, well, okay, no, I'll, I'll love to do that. How many of you know that when you become a born-again Christian, you begin to witness immediately for Jesus Christ? Don't tell me you're a Christian and you can't witness for Jesus. Hello, somebody. And so I went with him. There were over 400 people sitting in the, in, in the church building. Well, it wasn't the church. It was an old school building. Cold and, and uh, you know, dilapidated a building. And I went in there. And as I walked in, there were six witch doctors sitting on this side. There was a woman with a broken leg, 74 years old. She had fallen. The bone penetrated through her skin, literally. And we walked over and we sat on that side. And I said to John, what's going on here? And John said, well, the witch doctors have come to the village and they're going to exercise or do traditional healing on the people. He says, but we must be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. I said, cool, what does that mean? He said, you got to preach Jesus to these people. So I thought he's saying he's going to preach Jesus. And I said, go for it. You know, this is awesome. I got saved Sunday, so I want to learn. So John gets up and he looks at this, uh, you know, 400 people. You've got to understand, it's not a church service. He looks at these people and he says, today you will see the glory of God like never before. And he gives this wonderful introduction and I'm thinking to myself, man, John, you preach it. But then he looked at me and he pointed, the longest black finger I've ever seen, he pointed at me <laughs> and he says, come here. So I said to him, what's wrong? I thought he needed something. He said, come here. And I didn't even have a Bible, guys. And he put his Bible in my tummy. He said, you preach. And he sits down. Now I'm standing like this. Thank God he had the English Bible. And I'm, I'm looking at the people, 400 people. And I don't know what to do. I didn't go to Bible cemetery school. Ach, I mean seminary school, bless God. You'll catch that later on. And so, please don't do it. I did it. But accidentally, the Bible fell out of my hand to the ground. And as the Bible fell open, I picked it up and said, let's read. That's all I knew what to do. And it fell open with 1 Kings, chapter 18, Elijah and the 450 bold prophets. Who knows that story? Uh, I'm glad you did. I didn't. 
And so I begin to read this thing, and I didn't, my, my time's catching me up, but I begin to read this, and it says that, that you know, uh, Elijah challenged the bold prophets, call to your God and, and put an altar, you know, bring an offering, and if your God answers the fire, we know who's the real God. If he doesn't, I'll do it. So while I'm reading the story, I see the six witch doctors, I see the lady with a broken leg, and I, I look at myself, and I thought, but hang on now, Jesus healed me on Sunday. Jesus healed many other people. He can heal this lady with a broken leg. So I said this, I said to Pastor John, John, please bring this lady, put her in front of me. They picked her up, put her down, and I looked at the witch doctors. I said, you witch doctors come to do a traditional healing. I challenge you, heal this leg. You know, when you get radically saved, you do radical things. Hello, turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for you to become radical for Jesus. Your neighbor didn't want to hear it. Say it again, time for you to become radical. The witch doctors came, they formed a circle around her. They began to beat their drum. They began to sing. Some were putting water on her. Some were putting powder on her. Another guy had her by the leg pulling. She was screaming in agony. She had pain. I read the Bible. The Bible says that uh, Elijah said to the bold prophet, shout a little bit louder. Perhaps your God's sleeping. So I did the same. I said, hey, shout a little bit louder. Maybe your ancestors are asleep. And they were shouting louder. Very bold, very bold. Then the Bible says the bold prophets cut themselves. When I read that, one of the, uh, uh, one of the uh, witch doctors took a spear, cut himself, rubbed the blood on that woman. The devil is stupid. Can I get an amen? There is only one blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get it? There's only one blood. Well, they prayed for a long time. Didn't work. It was my turn. I walked over to this lady and I said, don't worry, mama. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to pray Jesus heal you. So I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. And as you hear my voice, I hear, heard here this, put your hand on that leg. I said, mm-mm, it's mushy, gaga, blah. I'm not going to touch that. The Lord said, put your hand on that leg. So I did, I ever so gently touched that leg. And I said, what now? And I heard the voice say to me, ask me to heal her. And so I did, I said, Lord, please heal this leg. And I stood up and I looked and everybody looked and guess what happened? Nothing. And I said, Lord, please, I don't know, this thing has to work because they're going to kill me, these people. And the Lord said to me, you prayed wrong. I said, please teach me how to pray. He says, ask me in the name of Jesus. And I remember how that man prayed on Sunday. And I immediately, I knelt down, put my hand on that leg, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I ask you to heal this leg. And the next minute, that bone began to push back under the skin. The skin closed up. I took her by the hand and I said, stand up. She jumped up completely, completely healed by the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Oh, come on. You can give Him praise this morning. Hallelujah. When that happened, there was chaos. People were jumping. I was jumping. Everybody was jumping. And then I stopped and I said, how many of you want to receive my Jesus and how many of you want to believe in the witch doctor's ancestors? And 400 plus people and six witch doctors raised their hands in my first altar call. And they gave their hearts to Jesus. Come on, we serve an awesome God. Can I get an amen? I planted my first church right there. The next night I went back. I said, who wants to have church again? Everybody said, yes, please. And, and uh, I've been doing this now. This is my 30th. 33rd year, my wife and I, full time in the ministry, 33 years preaching, 300 meetings every year for 33 years. 
Anybody want revival? Anybody hungry for God? Am I speaking to a church that is hungry for Jesus? I want you to bow your heads quickly and close your eyes. Please, nobody walk and talk. Only those who have to walk, but nobody move now. Nobody move. I want to ask you a very important question, and here it comes. Please, this is the question that was asked me that morning on the 23rd of September, 1990. The question that was asked. If you die right now, listen, listen, listen. If you die right now, will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? He asked me that on that morning. If you die, Dion Hockey, will you go to heaven or to hell? And I sat there and I knew I am a sinner. I'm going to go to hell. I just knew it. This morning, you might be sitting here and you might be saying to yourself, if I had to die, I hope I'll go to heaven. Hoping is not knowing you'll go to hell. If there are people sitting here this morning, you say, Dion, if I die, I think I'll go to heaven. Thinking is not knowing you can go to hell. But this morning, you can have the assurance of your salvation. You can know that you know that you know when you give your heart to Jesus, you'll be saved and go to heaven. I know the Lord is speaking to many people here. Sitting in church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Same as sitting in the garage doesn't mean you're a car. If you say, Dion, this morning, please, 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 you have to pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I have backslidden. I've grown cold. I'm here this morning, but I didn't even want to come. But somebody told me to come. Dion, please pray for me. I do not want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Please, I need Jesus. At the count of three. I want you to raise your hand if you would love for me to pray for you this morning to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Are you ready? Don't worry about your friends around you. This is you and Jesus right now. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to make right with God. Thank you. I see hands going up. Lift your hands high. Don't be, don't be concerned about anybody or anything. Those of you who raised your hands, now not for me, but for Jesus, be very bold, be very brave, and stand to your feet. Come on, everybody who, who raised their hands, would you stand, would you stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah. God bless you. Come on, you can stand. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Stand for Him. Those of you that are standing very quickly, very quickly, make your way to the front. Come on down. I would love to lead you to Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Let's encourage them as they come forward to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Come on down, come on down, come on down. While they're coming down, the rest of you, the rest of you, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you sure your life is right with Jesus? Come on, evangelize. Now help me. Come on, tell your neighbor, are you sure your life is right? Because if they're not sure, bring them to the front that they can receive Jesus this morning as their personal Lord and Savior. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. Lives are being saved. This is what it's about. It's about we populating heaven and plundering hell. We're seeing people coming into the kingdom. If you can't get excited about this, I doubt you're saved. Come on, give Jesus a big praise offering. Heaven is rejoicing over one soul that is coming into the kingdom of God. Come on down, come on down. You need Jesus. Run to the altar. I'm telling you, run. You're thinking, shall I, shan't I, shall. Stand up. Show the devil he's a liar. Come and give your heart to Jesus. Don't think about it. Don't wonder about it. Just respond and come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Quickly help me again to your neighbor. Again, tell your neighbor, neighbor, are you sure you are right with Jesus? 
Look them in the eye. If they can't look you in the eye, say, you need to get up there. You need to give your heart to Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. There we go. There's more coming. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Give us souls, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. The rest of you can stand to your feet. You guys up front, thank you for responding. Look at me, all of you up front. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for Jesus. Is that right? Hold your hands like this as if to receive. You're about to receive. Audience, stretch your hands out towards them, family. And I want you in front and those in the back to pray after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning to forgive me all my sins. Wash me in your precious blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe this morning with my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, by faith this morning, I invite you to come and live in my heart. I receive you right now as my God, my Savior, and my very best friend. If I should die today, I will not go to hell, but I will go to heaven because I'm born again and I am saved. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Father God, for saving me right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.co.za. Dot com.